Well, hey, everybody, we are back from summer. And so welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's at work in our mess. And I know, and you know, and I know that you know, and you know that I know that we all have some mess in our lives. We all have things we're working through, walking through, praying through, or something we've been through. And so here on this podcast, we just want to provide a place where even if you're driving to work or out for a run or catching up on laundry or hiding in the bathroom from a toddler, you can use this to refocus on what matters. You might even take a breath of some truth and encouragement. And that is our goal. That's why we're intentional about having these conversations. Because while the world is constantly showing us its highlight reel, we want to stay rooted in what's actually real. And we just pray these conversations will meet you right where you are. So if we haven't ever had the chance to meet, my name is Jen Jewell, and it is an honor to host this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a brand new episode every other Tuesday, which is such a group effort, by the way, which is partnered with the women of my church, Life Church, where we also just love locking arms with women all over the world who are humble and brave and willing to share a piece of their story. So today I have an incredible co-host back with me, the amazing Cindy Beal, who in the past has shared her redemptive story right here on the podcast, which we will link in the conversation notes. And y'all, I was reading the Psalms and I want to read you this verse, Psalm 80, 18. The psalmist says to God, revive us. You can almost hear the desperation in his voice. Revive us so we can call on your name once more. And maybe you're doing just fine right now. Or maybe you've found yourself in a similar place of desperation where life has just knocked the breath out of you and you need His renewing presence. Well, I have good news. And that's that today. Cindy and I get to chat with one of the best of the best. Ginger Ward is just an incredible person, an amazing mom, an encouraging friend, and an intentional leader who happens to be the central group leader of training and development at Life Church who, even despite walking through some really tough things, is driven and strong and full of joy and wisdom. And she knows what it's like to be revived by God. You guys, it can be so beneficial to hear other stories from their own unique perspective. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join us for a chat with Ginger. All right, well, I got Cindy Beal back in the house as my co-host. What is up? So I'm excited. so excited to be here. And then we also have everybody's favorite oh, cheerleader, yes. person, training ninja. Yes. Like, I've never met a person who doesn't like Ginger Ward. I, what? I couldn't. Really? I know you can't find them. They don't exist. So, Ginger, welcome to the Ginge. messy table. Okay, guys. Thank you. That's so really nice. So excited. So glad you're here. So we would love for you to just tell our audience a little bit about who you are, a little bit Ginge is. I call her Ginge. Mm, and so good. if you hear me say that, it's just because that's what I call so we her. Got but Jen I'm going to try to work on Ginger. And Ginge. And Jen. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Ginge, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. I am a mother of a, an adorable nine-year-old son. He's almost 10. I can't believe Yay. he's almost named, 10. Named Elias. Almost and um, he and I have just wonderful, fun times together. Um, and so did he I've just been, start fourth grade? He just started the fourth grade. Because <gasps> my Jack, who's 10, is in fifth, but he's uh, been 10 a little bit. So. Yes, yes. Um, I, I take every year of parenthood as like this whole fresh new learning. Yeah. That's quite, quite fun. Yep. And I work at Life Church and have for a little over 16 years. Wow. And um, have been doing primarily the same type of right. thing. 
in learning and development, training and development. And I absolutely love, love my job. Well, and I will say, you know, just both Jen and I've been around pretty much the whole time that you've been here. And so like knowing where our training and development is and all of the things that fall under your, you know, spiritual umbrella, Mm. I mean, it's significant and you have just brought so much. And of course, I know you'll give so much credit to your team, but I just appreciate all you've done to help us in those areas. Anyone who knows anything, it's because of you. Right. So wow. I mean, if we have okay. any kind of training or intelligence, <laughs> let's just thank Ginger. Thank you, Ginger. Golly. Thank you. That's really <laughs> high praise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I get to do my job at a place where they don't really say no to very much of my ideas and um, inspiration, things that we could try. And um, mm. so that is a real lovely place to be in. Sure. And um, well, the trust that they extend to you. Yeah. yeah. Or your leaders, Jerry. And, you know, how did also. you get started in Life Church? Well, my parents started coming to Life Church um, because whenever Life Church was in the bicycle shop, my cousin got married uh-huh. and Craig officiated the wedding. Oh, okay. And just by watching him officiate the wedding, decided to leave the Catholic church, which our whole family had been ingrained in. I mean, we were there three times a week, all growing up, really, really big into it and um, have been going to the church ever since. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was watching him officiate a wedding. That's Mm -hmm. what it took, which is, which makes sense. I don't Um, think I knew that part of your story. Yeah. Um, And it was a really big change. And that's why I really appreciate the people in our church and people on staff who get to talk about their different backgrounds, because I understand um, having quite a different background, but having a sense of complete fuel um, from what God does through Life Church yeah. in my life and in my family's mm-hmm. life. So your parents were attending, did they be- start attending before you well, a little bit? Or? Yeah, I was in college. Okay. So I would sometimes attend, sometimes not, then got more regular attending. But then I took a job right out of college that I traveled for eight years. So it was the last probably three years of that job before I started working at the church that I decided, oh, I need to be home as much as possible on Sundays and, you know, set a boundary with my work. So as much as I could, I did. And I started um, serving in in Toontown, what we called Toontown and Life Kids and was a camp counselor for years in the summer and stuff like that and got more involved. Yeah. So basically the church, I mean, you grew up going to church three times a week and doing all the things that you were supposed to do. I'm using air quotes here, but, and then you, you get to a place where you want to adjust your life's schedule to make sure that you can be with community of believers. So that, I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was really fun because I was so nervous. I remember that first week of serving and thinking, because um, I had, you know, been involved in my Catholic church sure. big time. Sure. All, every single week I'd be doing something. Um, but it just took me a while to get up the confidence that I was going to be okay and good at serving at yeah. Life Church, which is funny. But I, I just remember God sent a few people to give me a little confidence boost. I know He did those first couple of weeks and I was off to the races. So, um, mm-hmm. so I know you're working, I guess, at Outback Steakhouse. Is that, that was the place that you were traveling and doing all the corporate, corporate yes. things that you're yes. doing. And so I know that you were told, hey, you should apply or whatever. What was your first thought when, you know, someone suggested, hey, you should apply at Life Church? Well, the guy who um, sought me out didn't say I should apply okay. or that was even a job available. Okay. He wanted me to come consult. He's uh, not on staff anymore. Okay. Um, just a real fun guy that was on staff at the time. but. 
he wanted me to come consult because they were wanting to start some training and development initiatives. So I am just like opinionated, <laughs> bringing on my thought. No, don't do that. Oh, I do that. Mm, I'm not. I, I think that's a bad idea. And at the end, he's like, well, actually, we have a job and we <laughs> think that you'd be good for it. I was like, excuse me. Oh, wait. evidently, that's not they how things you. always went. They you know, you. <laughs> that was like a one time deal for what I understand. Not but how yes, interviews that's go now. how it all started. It was just this funny conversation for months afterwards. And finally, I felt like I was supposed to say yes. And um, here you are. Took what I felt like was a humongous risk, but ended up being the absolute best decision. Love that. That's awesome. So you are just such a light and you're always full of such encouragement. Thank and you. you're just this amazing person. You're a strong female in ministry, but we know that things aren't always perfect and that there's probably some mess behind the scenes. So if you would just tell us a little bit about your background or about some of your story. Yeah. Um, some of my story, it was a, a few years into um, working at the church uh, that I got married and was just so excited about the future that, you know, your expectations right. and this vision that you have created together and it's, it's there and you can just see it mm-hmm. and you can see yourself swinging on that, you know, porch bed rocker. <laughs> porch oh, yes. <laughs> You're just swinging on a porch rocking chair uh, together. Yeah. Yeah. And it was about nine years ago that I had some circumstances happen in the marriage that after some months of trying to have restoration and it resulted in, uh, we got divorced and I was a single mother with, mm-hmm. at that point, a 15-month-old child. And so that vision, those expectations, all of that was completely no more. Mm-hmm. It was like a bunch of pieces that shattered to the ground. And yeah. you think, what do you do with those pieces? Right. Uh, so right. yeah, that was a real hard time. And it was interesting because just within that couple of months, I also had a major identity theft, like someone filed taxes under my name. They tried to open a bunch of credit cards, all this stuff. So I was going through an identity crisis of who I was as a person Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like literal identity, (laughs) which is this whole layer of, if anyone's ever been through that, that's a couple of hundred hours of your life. You'll never get back. You know, Mm. it's real fascinating. So it was just this season. That's really, crazy. really hard. The identity on two that different levels. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, just kind of out of the blue. Out of the blue, which is <sighs> how it seems to happen, happen to a lot of people. But yeah, I made myself journal during that time. And so I went back and read those journal entries last night. Oh, wow. And I, I just am thinking, I feel such deep sadness for that gal that was going through that, mm. even though I know it was me. Yeah. Um, navigating what is motherhood and so excited about motherhood. But in that also excitement, navigating what does this new paradigm of life look like that it seems mm-hmm. so dark and hard and yeah. um, a lot. Yeah. A whole lot. So obviously going through something unexpected, dark time, a young little one who is, you're in probably one moment, you're in such joy with him because they're yeah. fun at yeah. 15 months old. And then in the next moment, you're like, how do I it's do a this? Lot. It's a lot. So mm-hmm. I imagine there were people in your life that just stepped up to the plate to be there as a support. What was that like? Like, was it hard for you to lean on people or did you just allow people to come and help bear your burdens? Yeah, I never so vibrantly understood the 
level of deep connections and friendships and family and Mm -hmm. support that I had until you're at a time where you are on your knees and can't do various things by yourself. And at the same time, it was the most uh, close that I've ever felt to the Lord. So that was interesting too, which I know makes sense. um, But Mm -hmm. I just was kind of taken aback by that Mm. as well. So he became a husband to you. He became that close your Heavenly Father did in your life, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, I started journaling about God's faithfulness. Mm. And whenever things are dim and seem dark, those things just shine so much brighter. And they definitely did in, in my life. And I wish in years like right now, I saw as bright God's faithfulness and I, I see it, but not as much as in times mm-hmm. um, of just hardship like that. So that light was shining even brighter in that like dark place. Definitely. Um, it, it caused me to, for a few years, I studied light in the Bible and I just love all the scriptures yeah. about not hiding your light, but shining it to the world. And that's something that I try to mention and give encouragement to a lot of people that I see is like, I can see your light. Your light is shining bright. Mm. Don't let that light dim. So, cause I really love that concept of, we have like a, this light that comes mm-hmm. from us through Christ. So I know we're going to move on to some other stuff, but I want to real quick talk about that loss of a relationship because there's a lot of people right now that might be listening that are dealing with some kind of loneliness and maybe mm-hmm. it was a marriage that that dream died, or maybe it, you know, is a a parent or a friend or something, but their world has been rocked. And at the end of the day, you're by yourself, even though I know you had a great community around you. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's like you're starting over, not just, you know, family wise, because, you know, that is the case, but like you're starting over with even who am I? Um, how do I get up in the morning? What are my life's patterns? What are my, um, how do I behave? How do I think? What does integrity look like in this new situations? Like it's Mm. redefining everything, which either happens unintentionally and sometimes or intentionally sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's busy with all the stuff that's happening. Mm -hmm. It's busy with your grief, but it's busy trying to reform life. Yeah. Even just like breakfast in the morning or getting kids out the door and just all your normal rhythms. Yeah. But trying to grieve, um, trying to process. And then when do you believe you're actually starting to heal? And do you even know when you're starting to heal? Mm. That was all uh, releasing forgiveness, releasing bitterness. It's um, all these things that I really had, I had on a to-do list, which now I look back and it's kind of like, funny to me, but I'm like, forgive, figure out forgiveness. Did it on Tuesday. Figure out forgiveness. That is awesome. I'm such a list person. I had it all listed out and uh, yeah, so it was, but that's not how it was actually going in life. Yeah. I was planning out a to-do list. Yeah. So (laughs) obviously there comes a point and whatever journey we're on of whether it's pain or just anything like that, but just like there's, there comes a point where we start going to going downhill. So I kind of equate it to a hike. So Mm. hiking uphill is hard on your lungs, but it's usually easier on feet if you've got a kind of a plain path. And so it's easier for me to walk uphill, but it's harder on my lungs. And then we go downhill 
And it's harder on my feet because I'm afraid I'm going to fall, but my lungs are fine. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's hard going up and hard going down, at least for me. And so yeah. I think about our own journeys through pain. So I would imagine you had, it was pretty uphill for a while, mm -hmm. right? And then there came a point. Do you remember that point where you felt the shift where maybe it was the people carrying you, it mm -hmm. was seeing God in a new light, but you almost felt like, okay, I'm going like to I'm, make it. I'm healing. Or maybe you thought it, or maybe I'm on my way to healing. Yeah. Um, one thing happened and it was a few years after that point. And we were actually at a, a, like a big staff meeting at the church and uh, Stephen Furtick had come to speak okay. to staff so many years ago. And I was watching, I was just so happy and, and enjoying the time. And then I felt like the room get quiet, even though he's not quiet, the room's not quiet. And I felt the Lord tell me, it's time to shed your skin of bitterness and step into a new skin of forgiveness, which I would never think on my own, you know, <laughs> yeah. ever would think on my own. That's but great. it was very, uh, that was the message. Mm. I was like, okay, I'd been working to forgive, which your, your close people around you are so helpful and nice, but you're having to manage their bitterness yeah. as well True. because they're taking an offense for you. <laughs> and so yeah. with that, it was that moment that it's not like everything changed and I never had any problem whatsoever after that. But that was a really, really pivotal moment yeah. for me to think, okay, this is happening. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love that the way, you know, the Spirit spoke to you in that moment. And it was in terms that you, Ginger, would not use. So it's, no. it's like, okay, this is, I think this is a God thing. And so I love that it was tender, but I won't say forceful, but it was mm -hmm. direct. Yeah. You know, you were like, okay, I can almost just see you go, okay. Yeah. And then you start taking the steps a little bit differently on the next part of your journey. Yeah. It it released, it lifted something from me. And I don't know exactly what, um, but definitely made a change. And I was talking to my leader, who's, who's still my leader at the church, a while after that. And he said, well, if you think about it, an animal has to shed their skin because there's something new and better for them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love the term new and, and better and, mm -hmm. um, and renewed. Yes. Which, you know, I know that you've, well, tell everybody real quick, you've been doing these RE words <laughs> once a month. Yeah. At the end of last year, because I, I really enjoy doing a word of the year and the way that I do it is try to look, look up verses, study them, study the word. I have an app every day that I have, I call them truth statements. I know some people call them affirmations and such. Mm -hmm. um, so it's part of the truth statements. Like and, but yeah, RE words. And so I've been doing an RE word of the month. And they're so empowering mm -hmm. to think of, yeah, you can be redeemed. You can reject lies. RE words are something that I think can really give you a spiritual lift. Yeah. And so I've been I'm excited about that this year. And you just mentioned release. And I also think yeah. like in this season, you being restored and kind of renewed and revived. Yes. And Cindy, you said earlier, there's hard things going up and there's hard things coming down. There's also beauty going up and beauty coming down. Yeah. And so it's cool to like hear those moments where God's presence was truly, you know, with you and leading you even in those like tender, quiet ways. Yeah, definitely. And I get a lot of talk with the Lord and good conversation 
through relationship, certainly to go into the church through prayer. But I really like taking a verse that I just hear from the weekend or I and studying everything around it. And so finding different RE words even in the Bible has been kind of fun. It's a real simple way for studying the Bible, but real meaningful. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at your list, Ginge, and one of your RE words is repair. Mm, yes. And it says, repair wounds from recent years, protect the wound and ask God to heal it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, you know, you're nine years past your divorce-ish. Is that about right? Yeah. Eight and a half, nine years. And so like, have you gone back and thought about like, did that word repair make you go back? I mean, how far did you go back? Let me just ask you that to go back and make sure there's no wounds that you haven't allowed the Lord to heal. Yeah. One thing that keeps coming to mind this year is repair so you can prepare. Um, and I keep telling the people around me that that work on teams, I lead that because there's so much to repair from the last few years, certainly sure. within our lives. But there is an undercurrent in our souls mm-hmm. of something new and different that stirred up the anxiousness, that stirred up the nervousness. And it's so deep. I don't I don't even know how much we know it's there. Mm-hmm. But yes, so repair. I, I was a big advocate um, after the divorce that I just took many, many years of healing and did lots of intentional, you know, me time and things of that nature. And that was really, really helpful for me. There's some stuff that you don't even know. There, There is healing that's needed mm-hmm. until it just pops up in one situation. You're like, wow, that's new. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not new. It's probably like for many years something ago. that triggers but, you. Yeah, like, oh, there's some awareness there, but you can have to be in certain situations to gain that awareness. Yeah. So yeah, that happens and I a love lot. The repair to prepare because, I mean, God's so mysterious and he's so good just that he really can use just the hard situations in our life and prepare us for a season that we don't even know is coming. Yeah. Even right now, yeah. you know, things that are just being refined in us and where those roots are going deeper that later we're like, oh man, I didn't even realize that I had gotten stronger in yeah. that area. Yeah. One other thing related to healing is I had went to a counselor. His name is Bill Spence, yeah. um, who passed away from cancer years a few mm-hmm. years after. And um, just really, it was such a helpful time going to him. And one thing that he said to me, I think of almost every day, and I talk about quite a bit, is he said that most of us, whenever we go through something that's really hard or even is trauma, that we choose something new to fear or something new to be nervous about or something new that I'm going to um, try to stay away from. It's a new fear on my list. And he said, I don't want that for you. You choose wisdom. Don't choose fear, choose wisdom. So you wish you wouldn't have gone through a certain situation, but now you can use that and have some wisdom as you move forward mm-hmm. in life. But it's not something new to be fearful about. So I try to think of that because I'm not I'm not choosing a new fear from anything, but so I'm going to use it as new wisdom. I love that. So let's, I'm going to jump to Elias a little mm-hmm. bit. If anybody listening knows that little boy, you know how precious he is. And so, and Jen is just grinning right now. If you wish you could see her. But um, <laughs> so obviously his life, his entire life, he knows visiting parents, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So for, I guess it would be different if he was 10 and I would say, how's he adjusting? Yeah. But like, how do you feel like he has adjusted overall in this? I mean, I know that there's probably good things that have come out of hard times and hard things. So yeah, he's open communication about 
um, different things he's thinking or feeling about his life or things he's wondering about. Um, I think of parenting as a long game, mm-hmm. not not short-term wins that I could talk about this or that subject and kind of get a short-term win in, in my mind, but what's going to be beneficial for him as he's older and how does everything I say and do um, now impact that? So I keep that in mind and we have whatever types of conversations are appropriate for him at his age, but just mainly real good patterns, just lots of smiles and him knowing that he's loved. And I know that he knows that. And I feel like he's adjusted as good as he can, Mm -hmm. um, even though I know it's not his ideal situation. And I get that as well. Sure. Well, Mm -hmm. like you said, the long game. And I have a friend who says, don't parent with the next 20 minutes in mind, parent with the next 20 years in mind. I think that's what I hear you saying is, you know, you're doing that. So there's so many single moms out there and a lot that listen. And so, you know, life is such a great teacher and experience is such a good teacher. And so I know that you like it or not, ready or not, like you have gained so much wisdom just through experience. And so what are some things that you have learned in this single parenthood realm uh, that you would want other people to know whether they are a single parent or maybe they have friends that are single parents and you just want to help give them some wisdom and insight? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I have such an appreciation. You have an appreciation for something that you've experienced, you know, much more. And I definitely do um, because you are filling the roles of both parents. There's not someone to kind of bounce off of. Mm -hmm. You're doing all, especially when your child's younger. um, If there's something that's going to be planned or done or accomplished, it's mainly on me. I'm not going to have him go pay the bills or do, (laughs) you know, whatever. Uh, So... I can definitely get caught up in like, I've got all the things to do and there's a big load of things to do this evening. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've got to just really think big picture of, okay, part of what is really important is our time together and us getting to sit down and play games. Uh, Because when you're the one parent that's doing it, then you're you're it Mm -hmm. on, on all fronts. But yeah, just considering what are all the different things. And it's okay if I haven't got all of my to-do lists done that right. I should have done for, you know, Thursday night or Which whatever hard it may be. You're a list person. Yeah. <laughs> I love if them. That forgiveness some, box wasn't checked yet, you know? Yeah. I have to, I have to really recognize when am I trying to have a sense of control over, over life situations. So I'll feel more in control or more like I'm getting wins or mm-hmm. like things are all going well. And that's not that's not the win. The win is getting to have that intentional time with Elias, Mm -hmm. as well as, you know, pay the bills and do the things and, and all of that. So it's just, it's interesting doing it yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have mass appreciation for single parents. Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts on some things that you've learned that you would want other people to know? A thing that is helpful, if you know a single parent that doesn't have family support, then that would be really a challenging situation because there's nothing to fall back on. It's you and then there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I am so thankful that I have, my parents are about 20 minutes away and have never said no to watching Elias. They're uh-huh. quite, quite involved. But if I did not have them, I would have a really challenging situation and a lot of things that happen. 
Um, so I think that's something to pay attention to if you have single friends is the different support that they have or um, that you could offer. That's good. Yeah. I always try to remember that as well. Um, I appreciate your words for that. Just encourage, it encourages me to be on the lookout and pay attention to where are the needs around me? Mm -hmm. Um, How can I help bear someone's burden, lift the load off their shoulders? Like, you know. And it might even just be like helping walk through decisions with someone. I know I have a single mom friend who she's told me that the hardest thing for her is like, she's like, I have my friends, I have my family, but at the end of the day, like choosing my child's school or certain things that really fall on the parent. And she's like, it's not that I don't value their opinions, but it's my decision. It's on me. And she was saying that sometimes just having a friend, not to even give answers or solutions, but just to listen and help me like wade through the options could be helpful. I don't know. Have you, do you resonate with that? Yeah, I have some great, great, um, really, really close friendships um, that I lean upon um, all the time. So yeah, that is that is definitely true. And a really great family that's quite helpful as well. So I know that you spend a lot of time and still do in the Word, just diving in, wanting to hear from God, whether it's verses on light or whatever it is. Um, aside from God's Word, are there other books that helped you in that journey or still helping you today? Doesn't have to be just like related to single motherhood or single parenthood, but anything that that was a resource to you? Yeah. Right after I I heard from the Lord about shed your skin of bitterness and step into a new skin I have for you of forgiveness, someone introduced me really, really quickly to the book Daring Greatly Mm -hmm. by Brene Brown. And it was exactly what I needed. Um, What I took away from it was a lot of messages about wholeness and um, what that all looks like. Uh, The book Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend and also Safe People, another book of theirs. I like those too. I try to read Boundaries every few years Yes, because it is so wise. It's a really smart book. And there's one more book that I really enjoy and it's called Principles and it's by a guy named Ray Dalio. And if you see how thick it is, you're like, no, thanks, maybe. But I have such an appreciation for defining your values for yourself and for your family. And and what are those principles that you abide by in that book? If you like that, that book is gold and you will Mm. really enjoy it a lot. That's awesome. So I've heard you talk about that you learned a lot about yourself as far as how you respond to deep hardships. I would love for you to just shed some light on some of those things that you've learned about yourself. Mm. Well, I considered myself to be like, I can do stuff. I'm a bold person. I can do this. And I just did not know how strong I was. Mm. And I was super surprised how strong I was. Not like, strength and you've got to handle it all, all the time. Yeah. But like, oh, I can, I can handle so much more than I ever thought that I could. Mm-hmm. And, and not just handle it, but like move through it with what I believe um, God is showing me the integrity I'm supposed to move through yeah. it with. So I was thankful for that. Um, I learned a lot about peace and mm-hmm. what that means in my life and I had peace of it a word of the year. And that's a real fun word of the year, I think. (laughs) Um, But I actually was thinking peace means my environments are peaceful. My house is peaceful. Mm. I get to be by water and it's peaceful. And that is peace. That's good. Yeah. But I don't think that God is wanting us to 
just have peaceful surroundings. And that's what peace is versus how can I have peace in my soul? That's where peace is. And then the situations around us could be any number of things that are happening throughout the day, but that's not going to impact God's peace that He's given me. So that's been another big learning. So good. You've also mentioned integrity a couple of times. And so like when the season shifted, it almost seems like that you were kind of asking yourself like, okay, what does integrity look like now? What does it mean to be a woman of integrity? Like what brought that out? The reason why is because I know what the Bible says. I know you're supposed to forgive. I know some of the general things. But in that situation, I didn't have any clear thought that I was going to go to the Bible and be able to find specifics of how I was supposed to be responding in mm. that, you know, in real specific. Your specific situation. In that situation, yeah. Like when so-and-so does this, yes. this is what you say back to them. Yeah, <laughs> right. this is what integrity looks like, Ginger. And I thought, oh gosh, this is because once again, the, the really kind, awesome people around me are taking an offense and they are really bitter. And that's their advice that they're giving of how to respond. And like, yeah. I don't think that's what I'm supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. but... So it's just this interesting layer in the midst and not like I think there's an exact perfect way because there's not. Yeah. But I felt like the way I responded was going to show who I was and what God had done in me years prior. Yeah. And um, I wanted to really represent that. So when someone doesn't know what to do or how to move forward, like maybe the Bible gives, you know, principles and and good examples for it, but there's not like in their very specific situation, they're like, I'm at a loss of how to move forward. I'm sure it takes like that Holy Spirit discernment, but what's a question that like you asked yourself, did it have to do with something like that integrity? Like, okay, what does integrity look like right now in this situation? Yeah. I think uh, some questions such as who was the person that you want to represent out in the world? Mm based on what God is doing in you and and has done in you. And winning isn't trying to make sure everyone knows you were the right one. Uh, It's just, it's not. So I know there were so many people that thought that would be the case. I'm like, no, Um, it is me moving forward. That's moving back. It's Mm -hmm. what can I do to take the next step forward? And then the next step forward. And um, because I'm in a, I'm in like this, foggy, dark time. And I can sit in bitterness. I can sit in trying to talk about this person or this and that, but that is taking me deeper into a hole of darkness versus I'm going to take some steps forward. So that's what it looked like for me, at least. I like that because you can't, I mean, we know it, but there's nothing you could do about what happened. So nothing. Just staying there isn't probably super helpful. Yeah. Just what is a new wholeness look like for me as I pick up the pieces Mm -hmm. and you move into that. Um, What had happened in the past was never going to be again, but there was something new for me. Yes. And I just needed to take the next step and the next step. And then I was moving in the right direction. Well, and the beautiful thing about taking all those steps, Ginge, is that you may have just seen one step a day. Maybe you took one step forward a day Mm -hmm. and then, but if you turn around after 30 days, you're like, wow, 
I've taken 30 steps. And so yeah. I've talked about it on this podcast before about just the power of glancing back. Really, yeah, it's that's not, good, we're Cindy. Not, we're not gazing back. We're not staring at the past. Although sometimes we are in those moments when it's a deep pain and we can't help but look back and have all the regrets and the desires that are gone, the dreams that have, have faded. But like when we look ahead and then occasionally go, oh, wow, I have made progress. You know what that does for us? What it does for our spirit is it goes, oh, well, I'm going to keep taking some steps here, you know? And so I think that's a great mindset to have that you had and that for our listeners to have too, like just take some steps. Yeah. You know what? If all you can do is take a step a day, just take one step. Yeah. I get it. I mean, we've all experienced our own pain, you know, the three of us sitting here in just different areas of our lives. But I'm telling you, Take Ginger's words. You do not want to live with that uh, skin of bitterness. Yeah, that's right. Um, there's nothing that's attractive heavy, about heavy that. skin. And here's <laughs> the thing. You may think, I'm not bitter. Let me tell you, everyone around you, they can see it. You can spot bitterness a mile away. Yeah. And don't be that person. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be that person. One amazing thing that's such a testament to who you are, and obviously I'm not there in your like deepest, darkest moment, but is that I do feel like you just have walked forward, moved forward, healed forward with, with joy and with yes. peace. And, and grace. you're, yeah, it's contagious. And you're just like shining that on everybody around you who also are going through hard things, maybe not that exact situation. And you've been able to lean into that and to be generous with the things that you've learned that can help equip other people, which is just, it's beautiful. You know, I'm thankful. I'm super thankful for that. Thank you for saying that because I love the word joy. And um, when most people just ask me, you know, the nice hallway question, how are you doing or how's your family? I just say, we are so joyful. This is a joyful season. And it doesn't mean that there's nothing hard happening in life because there's always things like that. But it's like an, a real inner joy that the Lord has in, mm-hmm. in, in my soul that I am so, so thankful for. And it guides how I see all the world um, around me. And so people sometimes will kind of poke fun at that or I'm too positive or... <sighs> And I just take that as a nice little compliment. So <laughs> I'm, I'm quite, as you should. I'm quite good with take that. Those words. Take it away to yeah. later. Because there's joy in all the seasons. Yeah. Life is good. Well, Jen, it has been a treat. Mm-hmm. And I do love that you're joyful. It makes me smile. I never <laughs> don't smile when I see you. So right. just know that that's how I see you. Thank you. And I appreciate you and just knowing you all these years. And so as we finish... Uh, anything else? Is there something else on your heart, on your mind that you want to share with our listeners? Well, um, first, I'm just real thankful for your ministry that you all are doing in this. Um, how incredibly meaningful. What a great way to steward your time. Um, I, I would say to uh, the different women who I share that same title with of single mother mm. or um, single parent is that I see you. You matter you are enough. Um, There is wholeness and it is first and foremost seeking the Lord in whatever way is most authentic to you. And my favorite verse that I use as my family verse, and I've heard it so, so much from different speakers recently is Romans 15, 13. And it's may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, I just love the word, thinking of the word overflow mm-hmm. with hope, that it is possible 
And it's so hard to see that when you are in the midst of a really dark, dark, dark time. But God is with you and you, I see you. You matter. So good. I love it. Thank you, Ginger. You're amazing. Thank you, guys. Awesome. How fun. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, y'all. Well, Ginger said it, but it's such a great reminder that our wholeness, our enoughness, our righteousness ultimately comes from God. And so as you leave here and get back to whatever it is that you're doing, remember, especially if you've been feeling weary, especially if you don't have the words, you can borrow a prayer from the psalmist. Revive us, O Lord, so we can call on your name once more. Well, guys, as always, resources are linked in the conversation notes. You can subscribe to the podcast for free, however you like to stream, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or Stitcher. And you can also connect with us on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. And as you head back into your world and into your week, don't forget that yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess. Mm -hmm.